0: Welcome to the Arts Access Florida podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Jackson. Arts Access Florida is a comprehensive initiative designed to shine a spotlight on your neighborhood's diverse arts organizations. Each episode will highlight their programs and more importantly, amplify the voices of the people they impact. Conversations, community, and connections. That is the value in engaging with your local arts organizations. Arts Access equals Arts Access.
1: Support for Arts Access Florida comes from the Community Foundation of Tampa Bay. Championing philanthropy, encouraging and connecting givers to bring lasting good. Investing in education and economic mobility. Learn more at cftampabay.org.
0: In this episode of the Arts Access Florida podcast, we speak to two organizations who are providing educational opportunities for students through music, while using their platforms to help combat the challenges surrounding mental health. First up, we are joined by Troy Quinn, the Music Director and Conductor of the Venice Symphony. This organization offers educational programs to both students and adults of all ages. The Venice Symphony also gives a helping hand to those suffering with dementia and Alzheimer's disease. In our final segment, I spoke with Joseph Calkins, who was the Artistic Director of the Key Chorale. The Chorale is committed to transforming lives by offering an array of educational opportunities to the community. The Key Corral also has created innovative programs to better serve individuals suffering from dementia, Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's disease. Troy. Welcome to the Arts Access Florida podcast. How are you?
1: Hi, Brianna. I'm well, happy to be here.
0: So, Troy, can you tell us about your directional style and how long you've been with the Venice Symphony?
1: Right. Well, Brianna, I just joined actually in 2018. In 2017, there was a national search. Uh, A couple hundred people applied and I was the lucky guy that they picked at the end um and you know I I felt an immediate chemistry coming to Venice I had not heard about it before had no connection to the area and uh you know I hit it off with the orchestra and the community I really saw the potential for greatness there and and what they were trying to do and it was a match for me and um a little bit like dating you have to figure out if the orchestra works for you and you work for the Mm -hmm. orchestra and uh luckily it did and um you know so I brought a a lot of energy and a lot of broad thinking, I think, in these uh, last two years, especially with the COVID pandemic and mm-hmm. trying to um, branch out virtually. And, um, and so uh, high energy, youthful enthusiasm and uh, making it about the music, you know, and it's, uh, we have a gem in Venice of the orchestra that not everybody knows yet, but we, uh, we're, we're getting
0: there. Right, and what is it about the Venice community that just pulled you in and helped you make your decision to accept?
1: Well, it's, it's very warm and um, and inviting. You know, I think that was one of the uh, attractive qualities that drew me to the orchestra, not just the players and the musicians, but the audience and the community as well. These people love classical and popular music and thrive for it. And I know no other place in the United States where, you know, we were selling 16 of 17 concerts out. I mean, that's unheard of. You know, we actually kind of, uh, we could use a little bit bigger concert hall, even though the V-Pack is the most gorgeous place. Um, it just, we, we're selling everything out, which is great. So there's a there's really a thirst for uh, culture and for music and for what we're doing at a high quality level. And I heard many people just in my first two years, you know, say, well, they were happy they didn't have to go fly to New York or, <laughs> or go somewhere else in Florida to hear great quality music. So it really is a, a gem that we have in our state.
0: Uh, with the pandemic... A lot of arts organizations have switched to the virtual side of performances so uh, tell us a little bit more about that with the Venice Symphony.
1: Sure well we took the bold initiative like so many other orchestras not to just pack it in for the year and say we'll see you next year we wanted to provide an at-home experience um, an intimate up-close experience so we hired Captivation Productions which is a great video and um an audio uh, production company um, along with H&M Productions who did our audio recording, uh, Marcus Ratzenbeck's our concert master as well. And those talented gentlemen uh, came up with, uh, along with myself, came up with this vision to try to enhance the concert experience and bring it right into your home. Um, And they're all on demand, all free, which is different from a lot of other orchestras, but we thought it was important to give our subscribers and our public um, something that they could just latch onto. And we've had a great, great amount of success um, so far. Uh, The videos are a little bit different. They're a little bit more what I'd call sort of like a music video, not necessarily an MTV (laughs) approach, but a little quicker cut, keeps you interested, multiple camera angles, you know. um, And so we've got wonderful visuals and, and wonderful high quality audio to go along with that where you don't even have to get out of your pajamas. Time is of the essence. So we don't have a lot of time to rehearse and perform. As a matter of fact, all these concerts uh, were just done in a matter of three hours. So we rehearsed and recorded them in a very short amount of time. Um, But that's the high level of musicianship that the Venice Symphony brings and that uh, our players bring to these types of projects. You know, the first time we got back after seven, eight months of not playing this fall, we did our first virtual recording and we had to uh, postpone the season in March. You know, I think that first chord we played, people were really... uh, not taking for granted how, how wonderful it is to do this as our profession and also to share it with, with the world. Um, you know, I think it has a heightened sense of, uh, appreciation now, uh, that, that we were shut down for, for many months. So, um, the music making process actually has been more sensitive due to, mm-hmm. the different challenges and, and it sort of alerts these types of, Scenarios that you normally wouldn't have to um, be so cognizant of. You know, right. I mean, we take for granted that the musicians play and there's no problems hearing different people in the hall. It's our home turf, um, but with this, I think it it everybody's on heightened alert, including myself, mm-hmm. and um, and that makes for exciting music making. You know, that's why there's nothing like live performance.
0: And talking more about uh, being virtual, um, and this is also free, correct? It is, indeed, free
1: absolutely free.
0: Wow, so that shows that it's even accessible to maybe communities that don't have access to the Venice Symphony, that this is another way to stay connected and learn more.
1: That's right. Chris and our CEO, and I are adamant about um, making this uh, uh, able to be viewed by all and um, mm-hmm. for equal access to our entire community, and that goes for the entire United States. I think... Um, so many folks don't have the exposure to classical music or to any music and um, I think that's the difference it can make in in a child's life we're certainly or anybody's life Mm -hmm. we're certainly um, one of our big missions at the Venice Symphony is to uh, provide that high quality music performance to enrich everybody's life so um, no matter what socioeconomic, racial background, mm-hmm. um, it's its universal. And that's, I think, the most important thing go- and, and timely, Brianna, yes. right now that we can uh, focus on.
0: The Venice Symphony is the only orchestra in South Sarasota County. Being that, what are some of the challenges as well as the triumphs of this being the only one?
1: Well, you know, we have, of course, some wonderful orchestras in our area. Uh, but, but we are the, the mainstay of, of our uh, South Sarasota County and our geography. You know, the Venice Symphony has been around since 1974, Brianna. Um, Harley Haynes was the first music director. He was uh, uh, one of the high school music public teachers. And um, and so we've been around. We're coming up on 50 years. and in, wow. in three years, it'll be our 50th. So um we, we have been around for a while, but we haven't necessarily been on everybody's radar. So that's been a challenge because when I first got to Venice, some people didn't even know Venice had a symphony, you know, mm. um, <clears throat> even though it's not that big of a town. Um, and so that's been a challenge to just get our mission and, uh, you know, get our exposure out there. That has happened greatly with the addition of, you know, I think a new music director coming in and and certainly uh, our new CEO, Chris Kasten's been there for f- a few years now before me. And uh, and uh, Dana Kimball's our um, artistic operations manager. The leadership now is in place. Mm-hmm. And so our profile is getting bigger and we have certainly have wonderful loyal supporters and donors that have just dedicated their life to the symphony and they really want everybody to know about it. And I, I think it is a diamond in the rough. I really mm-hmm. think that this is uh, has the potential to be the, Best regional orchestra in in the state of Florida. You know, we are not a full time orchestra, so it's not a full time job for many of our musicians. We don't play every single day. We do one concert a month, approximately eight concerts during the concert season, mm-hmm. and um, and sometimes we do two or three in the weekend. So I think the uh, the challenge certainly is. Um, to expand our reach. The advantage, of course, is we don't have too much competition with orchestras our size, you know, and certainly we're doing things a little differently here, um, just with repertoire and with um, our outreach concerts. And and so many of our uh, patrons are, I think, enjoying the renaissance of, of the Venice Symphony in the last couple of years.
0: Tell us more about some of the programs you offer uh, for the public as well as children.
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, music education and and particularly youth education is near and dear to my heart as it is our organization. We have several programs actually at the Venice Symphony and we started our youth orchestra just uh, a couple of years ago. And so that gives an opportunity for music lovers of all ages uh, who are who are uh, very young Uh, to the high school age to come in and play and we have our strings program right now we started so we're trying to expand to have an entire youth orchestra a 50 to 60 youth orchestra Um, and so you know the model has been uh, some of the other youth orchestras that I've worked with uh, in the past and uh, trying to demonstrate those opportunities and give those opportunities to to our students. We've got a very solid start and a solid core. We also have our symphony in the schools program, our SITS program and uh, that's that's in collaboration with the uh, public schools that um, give lessons, uh, music tutorials uh, during the semester and they culminate in a performance that they go to um, at the Venice symphony. So this is for um, fourth, fifth graders age and, and they come in and they play on the recorders, what they've learned during the year. <laughs> and it's kind, of, it's kind of fun to have, you know, it's the only time I would say it's fun to have a thousand recorders going on at the same time playing, you know, Copeland or something like that, but it's, uh, they get really into it. And then they can see, you know, the professionals on the orchestra, uh, on the stage. And I think uh, kind of relate to that. That's, you know, sort of how I got started myself by seeing people um, that I thought that was the coolest job in the world, you know? And, how fun to make music like that. So that's important. We also have our summer music camp. We have a little bit of adult music education too, or for, um, you know, a nursing home, a music therapy session. um, We're able to do that as well. So we keep very busy.
0: Tell us more about the music therapy and how that works.
1: Yeah, well, this is sort of a a, a newer um, venture for us, you know, um, and this is of course made possible through some grant money. Mm-hmm. Um, going into some of these nursing homes and um, assisted living homes, and actually just playing with some of these folks, getting them in tune with rhythm and melody, and some of these folks have potentially long-term um, health problems, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's. And so, you know, the studies have shown, of course, across the last few decades now, how those things can unlock um, some of the neurons to actually, you know, remember things. And so, um, you know, we, we have a lot of requests for that and for the elderly to come in and play. And, um, you know, and I, I've spoken to, to a few of these places as well in my time and, you know, when you start playing some of these older tunes that they remember from, let's say, the World War II days mm-hmm. or, you know, growing up in the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. you just see the, uh, you know, the the magic on their face. And so it, it could be anything. It could be Beethoven symphony that they remembered seeing with their parents and, you know, back in when they were a child. You know, there's yeah. so much of music is very, uh, you know, um associated with specific events so you know i can still remember being uh 10 years old and going to see john williams at the hollywood bowl and i remembered they were playing the um raiders march from indiana jones and i just remembered how that started and i and from there i was just like you know i associated that with the hollywood bowl and with being a musician and thought that was the coolest thing to be so it takes me back to a to a happy place i think that's uh goal too for our our music therapy Mm. and and for music in general you know we're may not be saving somebody's soul like a doctor uh, or their heart but I I think in some ways people do need that and uh, somebody's going to come into the concert hall weary tired with personal problems and it's our job to make them forget about that for two hours.
0: I just love what you said about the music therapy and how um it could unlock a memory for someone who lived during World War II or, you know, a childhood memory and just the power of tapping into that.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, that's, um, you can't put a price tag on that. Mm-hmm. Really.
0: Troy, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us more about the Venice Symphony and just everything you're doing for the community. We really appreciate your time today.
1: It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: By implementing educational programs and other opportunities, the Venice Symphony allows individuals from all walks of life to experience the joys and pleasures of classical music. More information on the Venice Symphony can be found in our show notes. Hi Joseph, welcome to the Arts Access Florida podcast. How are you?
2: I'm great, Brianna. It's nice to be with you.
0: Can you tell us about the Key Chorale and the choir's mission?
2: Well, we are a symphonic sized chorus or about 120 members. uh, And we are dedicated to transforming lives through innovative programming, artistic excellence, educational outreach and service to the community. And it's a mission that really encapsulates all that we do from presenting dynamic and unique programming to our choirs for those living with Parkinson's uh, disease, uh, to our choirs that uh, we work with that are dealing with Alzheimer's and dementia, to our robust educational outreach program. And uh, last year, um, Key Corral was recognized nationally by Chorus America as we were presented the 2020 Award for Education and Community Outreach. So it's, we really, uh, it's an important mission to us. And I think everyone from um, the singers to the board members to the committee members to myself, we're just all in uh, with using music to transform lives. I think that's what it's all about.
0: Education and community seem to be the driving force behind the Key Corral.
2: It, it really is, and I think that's because uh, years ago I said to myself, um, um, before we were really thinking about education community, I said to myself, you know, if Key Corral um, didn't exist anymore, who would notice, and how would the community be affected, and when I really reflected on that. I said to myself, you know, we do some really wonderful performances, but would our community really miss it? Would there be a void? Um, and that really kind of, I think, supercharged us to say, how do we how do we look at how we create music, and how do we make a difference, and so we really put a lot of efforts into our educational programming, our community outreach. And now I think if I, you know, probably 10 years later when I asked that question, you know, how would our community be impacted if Key Crawl wasn't there? I feel a lot better about that answer because I know there's a lot of people that our various programs affect in a positive way and without that music in their lives, mm-hmm. um, there would be a real void. So I think that's the real, I guess the motivation behind that mission.
0: Tell us a little bit more about how the Key Corral has been involved with mental health and wellness in our community.
2: Well, we've been, uh, I remember the first board meeting when I, when I pitched this idea that we might be starting a choir for those uh, living with Parkinson's, they looked at me like I'd fallen on my head because I think we just, they just couldn't grasp how a symphonic chorus could be involved in health and wellness. And You know now uh, that we, you know, all these years have gone by, we've really found that these outreach choirs have an incredible impact on the people. And we started Off Key Chorale in 2012, and it's in partnership with the NeuroChallenge Foundation for Parkinson's. And um, at the time um, we started it, there were probably less than 20 of these choirs around the world. And uh, the idea was um, so much of what you do to to sing well uh and being a choir is a lot of the things that if you're living with Parkinson's are a lot of the things that you're getting in therapy. And so I met with the neuro, the neuroscientist there and kind of learned about what I know about vocal pedagogy and how do you um how do you take that knowledge of vocal pedagogy and create vocal and exercises and a and a program that benefits those living with Parkinson's. And um, you know, we work on breathing techniques and singing, but the great thing is there they're getting therapy, which is really meaningful and valuable, but yet it just feels like fun. And so, right. you know, that's a, it's been a really, one of the most uh, ennobling um, things that I, I do, because it's just, it's a, you get to see music make a difference in people's lives in real time. It's not this abstract thing. You can see it on their faces and the in the, the, the ability that they, they have to come together to Um, be together socially and you know it's not like it's a group of singers it's a group of people who just want to come together so we have you know people who have no idea about anything about you know how to read music or any of those things but it's it's all about the effort and the participation it's not about the performance and it's amazing that uh, all these years later it's the most successful uh, of the of the programs that the North Challenge Foundation um, um, has or offers and and back in 2019 we started a, a choir for um, those living with memory loss and their caregivers, and and in both choirs, what I think is great is it's not just the person with Parkinson's; it's it's a uh, the person living with Parkinson's and their caregiver doing something together. In "Where Are My Keys?" chorale, it's someone with Alzheimer and their caregiver doing something together in real time. And um, you know, when we started the "Where Are My Keys?" chorale again, it was kind of like a leap of faith. But you know, I know from the science and also just personal experience that there's so many wonderful therapeutic benefits of singing. Um, and, you know, the amount of people that we can reach through these outreach choirs has really, it's transformed a lot of lives, but quite frankly, it's transformed ours too, because, um, you know, it really is such a powerful thing, um, you know, to watch our outreach choirs and how much joy they bring to their music making. And it's just, it, you know, it puts a smile on your heart for certain.
0: Well, it's certainly putting a smile on mine and just the off key corral and where are my keys? What I love about it is it's a form of therapy, but it doesn't have to feel like therapy. You're there um, making connections, building relationships. And like you said, having fun. I think that's the beautiful thing about it.
2: Yeah. And I think in all of those outreach choirs, the, you know, the three words you'll never hear me say are Parkinson's, Alzheimer's or dementia. They're just singers. And, I, and we can just come together and forget whatever. Are the things that prevent us from doing something and 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 celebrate and be joyful about the things we can do?
0: Absolutely, and with that, it's also very inclusive. You are including these groups of people who probably think they wouldn't be able to participate
2: for certain. And it's it's really it's it's just beautiful to see. And I think um, we really encourage people just to just to come and experience. And I had one one person off key corral, and he came to me, and says, "Joe, he says, you know." I think I'm going to have to drop out of the choir. And I said, well, why, why do you want to drop out of the choir? And he said, well, I just feel like I'm holding everybody back. And I said, I said, Jeff, I said, look around. I, I said, this is a motley crew. We're just here having a good time. I said, are you having a great time? He said, Oh, I love it. I said, well, then you don't need to quit. He said, I don't have to quit cause I'm bad. And I said, no, <laughs> you just need to participate and enjoy it and have a good time and know that you're as important to the, to the, to the organization is the person next to you.
0: What are some of the educational opportunities that the key corral offers? Well, we have about uh,
2: essentially three, uh, programs that we offer. The, the, the one that's the longest standing, I think we started in 2008 is our tomorrow's voices today, um, which is our high school choral festival. And we work, uh, in partnership with the six Sarasota County public schools. And so, um, three, uh, every year we work with three of those schools during this festival. And um, it's, a, it's unique because it's not just a high school choral festival, it's an intergenerational festival because our chorale has everything from high school students to uh, octogenarians. So we have this whole uh, wonderful mentorship that happens between um, our, our more experienced singers and our high school singers. And I go into the public schools and I work with the students and their uh, teachers a couple times in advance of this. And then we come together as one large choir and uh, generally about 200 people that come together um, from all ages. And then we present a concert and it allows the high school students to get a glimpse of what music making at the professional level is. And it's really become a great way. I feel uh, blessed that I can I can have essentially work with every high school choral student at least once before they graduate. And then the other program we have, which kind of was an outgrowth of that, is our student scholar program and it's designed to prepare gifted and junior gifted juniors and seniors who plan to pursue music after high school and uh, they go through a a, quite a long process they have to be recommended by their teacher Um, they have to uh, go through a a personal interview and an audition and then we select our uh, uh, student scholars for the season and they uh, they have a lot of performance opportunities with us they get to participate in master classes with Um, guest vocalists that we bring in from all over the country. Um, And each student is paired with a mentor and a voice instructor. And uh, our Kikaraw voice instructors give uh, each of those student scholars eight voice lessons. Most of these um, students, even though they're very accelerated in music, have not had voice lessons. So we work on technique. We help prepare them for their college uh, auditions. And all these experiences, all things we do, we do at no cost to to the student scholars. So this is a uh, funded through our generous donors and sponsors so it's a it's really a great program and it's really what um, when we created it I thought of all the things I wished I would have had before mm-hmm. I went to music school and that's what we kind of created this program around um, and then the other uh, piece that we've been working on is with a group called the Visible Men Academy we've been doing this since 2018 and uh, we've been bringing music to VMA which is a charter school for at-risk K-5 through boys Mm-hmm. And they don't have any uh, music program at all, so Key Corral has filled in that gap to be sure that each and every one of these nearly 100 boys has access to music and musical experiences. Because um, you know K through five, it's such a developmental time for them, and um, and because they're at risk boys, I think it's it's one of those things. that's it's so important for us to make sure that they have touch points um, that are music related. You know, you don't we don't really. Um, it's not that they, we want them to become singers or orchestra members or anything right. like that. We just wanna make sure that they have the musical experiences so that their world is, is, um, is really expanded. And mm-hmm. so we're really grateful to do that. It's been a wonderful partnership. They are uh, incredibly gifted and talented boys that just need um, some, some loving hands in music.
0: That's great. And it truly gives them an outlet and who knows, maybe they'll discover a talent they didn't know they had.
2: Exactly. It's all about access to the arts. And I think, you know, with at-risk populations, it's, we, it really behooves us all to find ways to make sure that they have those touch points, those experiences, because um, you know, that I know before uh, we came to the, came and performed for them and did kind of an inner interactive musical experience with them. i I doubt that many of those um, kids had heard um, you know, a professional a choir singing you know classical music so you know it's it's just an idea uh, just the way of, of giving them something of meaning and and just expanding their horizons which i think is what's so great with that program
0: well joseph thank you so much for your time today this was such a great conversation and just thank you for what you're doing in our community we really appreciate it and it really does mean a lot and leaves an impact
2: absolutely it's it's wonderful when your passion is also your work
0: It's awesome to learn about the many different ways these organizations are using the power of music to help our local communities. Educating both children and adults on the wonders of music really allows an outlet for expression. And not only that, but there are perfect examples on how the arts can be used to better a person's well-being. Thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time for more Conversations Within the Arts. I'm Brianna Jackson, and you have been listening to the Arts Access Florida podcast. This show is a product of WUSF Public Media with the help of our founding sponsor, the Community Foundation of Tampa Bay. Our show is produced by Aliyah Moffitt, Chandler Balcom, and Leslie Laney. A special thanks to our editor, Scott Walkler, and our entire engineering team. You can find out more information, performances, and other content that our local arts groups are creating by following us on Facebook or Instagram and visiting our website, artsaccessflorida.org. That's arts, A-X-I-S-F-L Copyright 2021, WUSF Public Media.